we've come through the portals of the dark and we have arrived at episode 54 as a truck drives past. Yeah. We're in a very mysterious location right now. Can't really tell you just yet. We will in a minute. But yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting week. It's, uh, we've had storms. We're going to have another storm. It's kind of stormy over here. But as always, I am your host, Rebels and AKA Danny Hale. This is FIA Goes PC. And with me, as always, is our producer, Winifred Mott. Say hello. Hello, I'm here. Good. Uh, so I'm not deluding myself and you are a figment of someone's <clears throat> imagination. Okay, she no. coughed, so she is obviously real. <laughs> and with us, thank God, because it's been a few weeks now, but we've finally reunited with the one and only Unicorn Slayer. And we are literally probably in your living room right now, I think. Yeah, might as well be. Yeah. I spend more time here than I do at home. Yeah, and you have built this place up for many a moon. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting here in the top floor of the Bristol Parents, Elliot, our local, as was. I'm further afield now, but we still come back so, here. Yeah. We have our annual meetings, which is it, for it, you It's weekly. kind of meeting in the middle for us now, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the midpoint. Yeah. It's the midpoint to our lives. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. And today, we're going to do something different today. So I'm going to, because we're limited on time, because basically we're in the function room of the Bristol Pair. We're up here on the stage. Uh, we've got an audience of no one. Uh, maybe, actually, Danny is here behind us. Possibly. Possibly. She listening. might have actually gone to do some work now, though. She could have, yeah. She does work here, but she, mm. she, uh, she's doing selective work. But here we are, on stage, at the Bristol Pair. I never thought we'd be here, but we are. We've talked about it so much. We yeah. have, we have. <laughs> but I'm going to say this because, you know, today's slightly different. We're under a time limit. There's going to be a poetry reading thing going on later. Um, this is what you get when you're in student, Bill. Uh, poetry. Uh, Winifred will talk to you about that. <laughs> Literally put me to sleep. Um, but we're going to start off by talking about our sponsor ahead of time because I want to do a clear kind of run through the episode after that. Today's topic is actually about true crime. And there's nothing better than if you're out there right now. You've still got a little bit of residual New Year's money. Or maybe it's your birthday. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's someone's birthday coming up. And you want to treat them to something. You want to get the best anti... Well, anti-criminal. We, we don't want to endorse criminals here. Uh, we could say you want to get your bank robbery outfit. But I don't think we should. I think it's your vigilante outfit of choice. And you can do that right now by going to Hobo Bait. They're our serious sponsor here on the podcast. They're very loyal to us. They also provided us all the t-shirts in Hong Kong for Series 2 of Project FIA. They're awesome. I love them. Uh, phase 2 is coming out later this year sometime. We're dead excited about that. We'll keep you informed. But you can go there right now to get all your vigilante crime-fighting attire and apparel at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Hobo Bait. That is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait go there right now and fight crime for all you aspiring Batman out there yeah or, or women or women yeah we or, don't judge or uh, camels whatever mm -hmm. so yeah so I'm glad we got that out of the way so bat we're good camels. yeah bat camels I want to see a bat camel yeah 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 yeah. well you know DNA well, I mean, we can you do anything know. in the future yeah. but we're going to talk about true crime and one thing that we're going to do we're not going to talk about any cases we will do at some point because basically none of you know this but our unicorn slayer our very friendly neighbourhood unicorn slayer is our resident criminologist is that right? It's <laughs> one way of putting it yeah Yeah, yeah. because you know all about crime mm -hmm. you live quite close to it and, uh, I live fight, in Dudley yes yeah, fight, fight crime. <laughs> Dudley is crime that's the slogan uh, go there if you are in the UK you'll enjoy it it's a great place it's not very criminal at all uh, 
most days. Some there days was, there was actually one happening last night while I was on yeah, the phone yeah, to you, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but we don't want to build up Dudley's uh, reputation. It's infamous enough. <laughs> uh, but what we're going to do is today, like we could talk about specific things later when we've got more time. I'll probably do that. The focus today really is that I've been watching a bunch of Netflix documentaries myself. And I thought it would be a nice thing to kind of contrast the crime scene in the UK next to the crime scene in the USA, okay? Just for a laugh, all right? Now, one thing that annoys me, Pete, and being the fact that you're a professor of criminology, um, self-appointed by me, one thing I'd just like to say, one thing that gets my goat is the fact that there's so many crimes out there right now that really people have got a misunderstanding about, okay? So you take knife crime, it's on the rise here. And my belief is that most people think it's kind of got a lethal agenda, but it isn't. It's just that we don't make knives properly anymore, isn't it? It's a crime to make these knives as badly as we do. Hence yeah. knife crime. Yeah. So Poundland are the biggest... Uh, yeah, they're the biggest culprit. Culprits. Culprit. And yeah. the fact that we're importing a lot of them from China, mm-hmm. okay, these knives... Uh, a lot of them are plastic, very inefficient. You can't really use a plastic knife. Well, they might come with an added weapon nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you can buy one knife, get one free in a lot of places, but they're very bad. They're very shoddy. They're not even dishwasher safe. So that, that oh, annoys me. On? I get very annoyed by knife crime. Um, but on a serious note, <laughs> um, no, it's on the rise. Knife crime is on the rise. There's an article at WinRed just today, as we came in, she's been glued to a newspaper only because she stuck her hands to it. And um, I just wanted to say this rise in knife crime. People are taking knives everywhere in their handbags and stuff because they consider it protection against the other guy. And there's the, uh, the bigger problem here is obviously we're losing our police. There's less police mm. in the UK. Well, I, think, I think we read the same article because stabbing is now the number one yeah. murder. Yeah, yeah. Choice. <laughs> murder choice. <laughs> it's the preference murder on the murder scale, yes. You know the word I'm I after. do, I do, yeah. yeah. Uh, multiple choice. It comes up in your head. Yeah. And you select one of them. Knife is the popular vote. Knife, B, yeah, gun. Yeah. yeah. C, talk them to death. Yeah. Or, 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 or D, go to a beat poet night at the Bristol Fair, mm-hmm. which is coming right after us. And that'll probably make you homicidal. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> no. what's going to happen. No. Also, our resident poetry expert is in the left of me. Okay, so. But the rise in knife crime, they're saying, like the press is saying, that the government hasn't issued enough police, that the police are underfunded, that we're behind the times in our police service, blah, blah, blah. And this rise in knife crime. I will say, when we were kids, it was pretty much common then, too, knife crime. Happened a lot, especially where I'm from. So There was a fair amount around, but I don't think it was anywhere near what it is nowadays. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think you're right. I think now a lot of people are taking advantage of the idea that there mm. is no police presence in the streets. A lot unless, of police... unless there's just more publicity about it now. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It could be just a, a fashionable thing to sort of talk about and discuss. But the, the thing that's interesting about our knife crimes here is very few out of the cases of knife crime are lethal. There are mm. a significant number that are, so we can't rule it out as a real problem. But the stuff that's happening here, I mean, the numbers of people stabbing you that you will survive it unless they're really determined to kill you it's quite often a case where it's quite a serious injury but you can survive a knife wound we roll over to america for five seconds Mm -hmm. and realize that their equivalent is guns Mm. and i think gun crime in america is constantly something that is a heated debate it's divisive to talk about it but the, the simple thing that i've got to say is 
We don't glamorize our knife crime here, do we? No. We don't have like... We don't have knife shows. We don't have... <laughs> come, come and see our latest knives. Have, yeah, we don't have the National Knife Association mm-hmm. either, which, I mean, we might. You never know. Um, but This yes. knife is perfect for stabbing a moose. Exactly. This, this <laughs> knife is multifunctional. You could probably kill most of your family and a cat with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have that. Yeah, weapons um, expo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it would be routinely quite bland, actually, a knife expo would Mm. be quite boring but it's interesting to me because like obviously we've got this contrast america's a far greater massive country than we are here but it's a it's an age-old discussion we've kind of had clashing thoughts about guns in america before and the rights and stuff like this constitutional but the ipso facto is our knife crimes tend to be very young youthful movement are doing a lot of these crimes probably you could argue gang related you could argue just basically posses. Maybe it's just to steal money. I don't know. Well, there's, there was a 15-year-old in Coventry recently. Yeah. Um, and the, the people that have been arrested for it are 15, 16, 17. Right. Going like to 18, is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, generally, you know, the younger ones. Yeah. You don't find many OAPs running around. With knives. With well, knives. we can only hope that mm. there isn't. Because that's a terrifying <laughs> thought. They just might fall over and stab themselves. <laughs> just a translation for our international audience, OAPs. Old age pensioners, um, so kind of sixty-five plus. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not old. Not old people. Are in jail and... knife crimes in the UK no. <laughs> that we know of. OAP does not mean that you're a knife criminal now. No. Orange <laughs> alienated people is what I would say. So David Dickinson. Yes. Yeah. Or anyone with fake tan. Uh, Donald that comes, Trump. Yeah, that comes to the country. <laughs> I knew you'd go there. Please, please make him an OAP America. Well, I think he is. <laughs> I think statistically, by age, he, he's, he is, he's yeah. got a free bus pass yeah. and all kinds of stuff. I don't know. But um, we're going to talk about, like, the, the contrast is, like, in our crime here, we don't get... See, Netflix is very dominant in this country. Uh, it's mm-hmm. probably the second biggest audience outside of America, I'd imagine. And the thing that's quite interesting about these documentaries, we have, you were saying to me off, off record, really, like, Channel 4 has crime series. We have, like, the amazing Ross Kemp in Dangerous Places <laughs> series. Now, if you're English, you will laugh just like Pete. Ross Kemp was starting life off as the hard man on... Uh, EastEnders? Yeah, soap yeah. opera called EastEnders here, which is basically, if you ever want to feel good about your life, even if it's pretty bad, you watch EastEnders because their life's ten times worse than yours yeah. will ever be. <laughs> Um, that's the kind of soap opera, right? right? There's a lot of fans in Hollywood. I think uh, there's a lot of celebrities watching it because they'll never know life to be that weird. To them, it's basically a fantasy story like Lord of the Rings. It did go slightly up in my estimation a few years ago, though, because Danny Dyer's now on it. Yes, yeah, and he is a legitimate cockney. Not a hard man, but a cockney. He's the new yeah. Ross Camp. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. Not as strong, but he does do his own documentary series too, weirdly yeah. enough. But anyway, so we've had like a string of this stuff. Mostly our documentaries involve one of our guys, a British lad, going to LA or something that's actually dangerous. <laughs> because by contrast, we're not, we don't really have the same severity. Our news likes to think we do, but we don't. It's mm-hmm. not anywhere near as bad, okay? No. So the thing about our stabbings, mostly, nine times out of ten, we had some cases years ago where there were some pretty brutal things going on in schools and people mass killings and stuff like this it's very 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 rare to that to happen it's more targeted yeah Yeah, it's more targeted now Mm. and i think the latest story we had that was very national was that these kids were stopped at star city in birmingham which is like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, for the people who don't film uh it was a gang film from the uk um i would say probably in the same range as noel clark yeah and there was a massive brawl 
There was big time. Uh, the, well, they found machetes on kids yep. in the cinema and stuff like this. Now, nothing really escalated. There was no deaths nothing or anything. Died, no, 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 no. The police stopped it before it started, mm -hmm. um, which number one like to nod to our police force. Mm -hmm. We might be dwindling in numbers, but we're more organised, <laughs> so we appreciate it. And we're less uh, hostile to our civilians here, but what I would say is that situation was a national story. It was one of yeah. the first ones has been for a long time, but no one got hurt. So it was basically just an alarming thing to say, well, well you know, this is going on. People are taking machetes to the yeah. cinema. I mean, maybe the popcorn really needed chopping up. I don't know. I mean, it's a bit extreme, if I'm honest. Um, you know, it is extreme. But it's make your seat a bit comfier. I think it's because it was a new rainforest cinema screen. Mm. You know, where you have to cut your way through to get to yeah, your seat. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, people people even having machetes here. This is the one country in the world you really, truly don't need a machete mm -hmm. for. I mean, it's really hard to... Where do you even that. get a machete? I, do, I really don't internet. know. Internet. Well, it could be. I mean, the internet is the best weapons dealer on earth right yeah. now, so hey-ho. Um, but yeah, so we've got that. But basically, in America, we're hearing almost weekly there's some kind of mass shooting, there's some kind of targeted shooting. The biggest thing in recent years was Vegas. Now, I yep. remember thinking Vegas, there's no way you're going to penetrate Vegas, but this dude did with a sniper rifle, and I guess... That's the way you would do it. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sniper shooting happened. It's the biggest couple of years mass ago. killing in uh, American history, isn't it? Fifty-nine yeah. people. Yeah, wow. so like something like that. A hundred and something injured. Yeah. This guy had a lot of rounds. That's a it lot. Was in, of it was in a hotel window. Yeah. Um, opposite where a kind of festival was happening. Yeah. And yeah. just went for it. He just uh, basically capped people mm. off. Oh my I mean, most mostly it's a good way of doing it because most of your people down there are having cocktails, probably drunk out of their brains, not knowing they've been shot in the leg. You can imagine that conversation. Oh, this martini's all right. Yeah, you're missing a leg. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, we got to put comedy into this. Now, if anyone's a victim of the uh, Las Vegas shootings and you are listening, please understand. It's a very serious thing. We mm -hmm. all uh, hope that, uh, you know, everyone who's affected by shootings and stuff like that, we have a serious stance. We know the severity of it. We're trying to do our bit to kind of illuminate people. But at the end of the day, it is funny talking about, um, you know, people losing legs at a cocktail party, you know. So mm -hmm. you, you can't blame me for that. Uh, it is quite comical. When you go out and say, I got legless last night. Exactly. Yeah. You are legitimately... Mm -hmm. True. So basically, like, the thing is, I think the rise in gun crime in America, especially in Chicago in the last decade, has been pretty significant. But, you know, I think a lot of these stories glamorize the violence in America, and then we try to reenact it with knives. Our youth, especially, I feel, have always had that kind of influence. I think the Chav movement came from, <laughs> um, you know, gangland, South Central USA, yeah. where it was mm. all kind of Tupac, gangland yeah. culture and stuff like this was happening in hip-hop and that carried over you know and it's played a really stupid role here hasn't it mm -hmm. it seems like the gun crimes in america even if they are amateur even if the people behind them aren't the brightest sparks in the in the uh electric department i think <laughs> that what you've got to look at is our guys make them look like professors mm. so we do have a problem where our criminals here <laughs> are really hard to take seriously and in america they're outright terrifying yeah. but i was thinking like would the numbers escalating here in knife crime do you think have anything to do correlating to the amount of violence going on in the world right now i don't think so yeah. i don't i think they're all in their kind of own little bubble yeah 
Um, especially with, you get a lot in London recently, and like you say, it's mainly related to the gangs. Yeah. And that's their life. Yeah. You know, they're part of this gang, and they have to carry this knife to look cool. It's passage, or, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, honestly, I don't think they're looking at the outside world at all, especially at the age of 15, 16, yeah. when they're being initiated into a gang. Well, it's interesting because I always look at this in a practical solution kind of a way, mm. because in America, you've had the exact same reason that gangland America was yeah. really brutal. It's the same reasons, isolated in- incidents. The only reason we have any knowledge of it, that it ever goes public in America, in national news, is when an innocent gets caught in between, either a mistaken target, they dress in the same colours as, say, yeah. one of the gangs, and they get shot, just a yeah. cannon fodder. Um, whatever, and that becomes the national story. That becomes the illuminating factor to tell people in America. Gang stuff in America is really, I would say it's on a slow decline. I wouldn't say it's ending, but it's definitely not as bad as it has been. I would say that a lot of the students you hear now, a lot of it's in elitism. There's cases where you have people who are just sort of super rich. We, we, when we were staying in um, California, there's a place called Westwood, which is a sub sort of area where a lot of students from UCLA are living, somewhere between Beverly Hills and the campus of UCLA. And there was almost students every week there. None of this was televised. None of it was reported because it was so commonplace. And then the one story that did get brought to attention was that guy, uh, a British-American lad, whose dad was like a pilot or something. He had Asperger's syndrome. Mm. And he went on a spree. Was it Santa Barbara or something? Yeah, it was in yeah. Santa Barbara. Now, Santa Barbara is like one of the most richest, yeah. lovely, amazing places in America. It really is a beautiful place. This dude just gets a car, gets a gun, and starts capping people off whilst filming himself. So he's basically showing you his narcissism. And it's sad because obviously a guy's got Asperger's, so you don't know really mm. how his mind is working on this stuff. But the fact that he did this, the new crime of America is almost like, um, I, I, I fear it could get to that whole YouTube, just to get a like, I murdered 12 people. What do you reckon, you know? Mm. Well, the, uh, the Christchurch one in New Zealand did that as well recently, didn't they? Yeah. He streamed that all on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You make the point, you know, this, this, this poor guy's got Asperger's, you know, yeah. which is obviously going to affect him. Yeah. How has he got a gun? Well, that's, that's, the, that's the thing I was going to say. If you, because this is a massive contrast, the topic on how to regulate guns in the USA, that's mm-hmm. the topic. But if we applied the same thing, which our press is trying to do with knives here, it doesn't have the same glamour, does it? No. So, like, if you are buying a knife in this country, most people buying a knife in this country would be buying it for cooking. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine because we don't really have the need for a hunting knife or some kind of thing that you might have in Texas for yeah. example you know just to survive if you're out camping in the wild we mm-hmm. don't really have the wild we have <laughs> no we have about three <laughs> miles before you're in another town yeah you know? you've got the odd forest here yeah I've got a bit of a patch of trees which has generally got a load of walkways it, in yeah there. and right now it's all flooded anyway so yeah. you wouldn't really want to be out camping in it but you know it's kind of a laugh like in america you got real things to worry about bears stuff like this mm-hmm. wild dogs coyotes things like this here we don't even have i think our scariest thing is a badger I would imagine in, in a forest. Scary. They are if you um, if you if you step step on them. Um, yeah, you know they can be quite <laughs> vicious if you do that. I'm just saying we don't really have anything that's super nope. threatening. Really. You used to have wolves before they died out. Oh, that mm. was before any of us were even a thing. And there's still the odd sighting of wolves in Scotland. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're mostly just hairy guys. 
mm-hmm. uh, growling. Got uh, the lot. It was me when I got lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're mostly Highlanders. You know, mm-hmm. high Scotland. How you doing? But what, what good would a knife be against Nessie? That, that it make it laugh. I feel. <laughs> I think or so, they'd yeah. probably just eat you with the knife. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if that was a sea monster in a lake. So a lake sea monster. <laughs> But what my point is, the contrast is like, so in America, they're trying to pass all this legislation of proving that you're mentally okay to have a gun. The thing that's scary me, Pete, is that guns accessible to the human national civilization of the USA. Commonplace, you'd think it would be a revolver, a pistol for protection of your mm-hmm. home, maybe a shotgun for hunting, but it wouldn't be an assault rifle. No. It wouldn't mm. be a militarized weapon. I don't see how hunting <laughs> with an AK-47 would be effective because number no. one you'd probably shoot the deer so many times that, that it's the meat would be useless yeah, yeah 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 and number two you'd probably spray off your neighborhood as well mm-hmm. and if someone robbed my house it's a lot easier to reach a pistol in my drawer say mm-hmm. than a massive pump action you know semi-automatic shotgun or something that the police that's hidden under the bed and you'd probably take yeah, 20 yeah. seconds to get to i mean yeah. It's absurd. It is. Yeah, it and is this is completely. the thing that people aren't really following is mm. that the crime that these kids are committing are getting more glamorous with their weaponry. Mm-hmm. We're talking guys with anti-aircraft guns and stuff like this all, <laughs> almost, you know. And it's almost like when is people going to stop and go, well, that's not normal for, you know, like well, you can go to Walmart, you can pick up a shotgun, fine, a hunting rifle, yep. fine. Uh, guns, like pistols and stuff, fine for shooting ranges, whatever. You can't. As far as I know, pick up a semi-automatic assault rifle, you know? Only because they've recently banned them. Yeah. For private sale. But don't you find that strange? Mm -hmm. Because there is a way that you can argue, you can argue constitutionally in America, it is a wild and crazy place. There are many reasons that you might still need a gun in this day and age. Most of it is the Mexican drug cartels. Um, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, sorry if you're listening, you're not all connected to the drug cartels if you're from Mexico, and most of it's Colombia now anyway, so we'll move on. But what I'm saying is, like, it, it, there's reason, there's reason. Like, people have obviously um, a lot more crimes in the, in the districts, the cities are a lot bigger in scope than we've got here. There is serious reasons to feel like you could need a gun for protection, definitely, especially if you're in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Seriously, like wildlife and all of this stuff is mm. very threatening. There is a lot of reasons. If you keep that in your head, it's not quite the Wild West mind. You definitely <laughs> don't need a tank. And no. to say no. that you need hand grenades, <laughs> explosives, and all kinds of stuff, that might Grenade alert the FBI, <laughs> whose job it should be to scope mm-hmm. the internet and go, hold on, 15-year-old kid in unit, all right, in high school, <laughs> uh, he's just bought a tank. Oh, oh, that's fine. He obviously needs it. But that's the problem I think America's got. I quite got. like a tank. Yeah, well, I know you would. That'd be cool. Well, we've talked about well, that in, in series yeah, one. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that there's a lot of red flags, and mm-hmm. the fact that they're going unnoticed is a problem. Now, to be fair to the National Rifle Association, um, they should end. But to be fair to the people <laughs> in America right now, um, I'm just saying, like, I understand the need to get a pistol for the logic of it, especially if you've had abuse in your life, if you if you come from a, a dark neighborhood, so to speak, uh, with a bad past and a violent uh, neighborhood. There's literally loads of reasons. But the thing that's common in America right now is when you've had an abusive childhood or there's a r- real history of domestic violence, the answer is to just shoot your partner in the face. Mm. They, they, it's like people snap. And there's actually a condition that's a psychological condition called battered women. It's usually women mm-hmm. syndrome. 
Okay, now it can be applied to a guy too. I'm not going to be genderist about this, but the one that I've been presented yeah. with most common is the is the female snapping. And when she snaps, she'll just reach for the first thing, and it could be a lamp or something, and whack him in the head with it. But it happens to be a revolver or a magnum or something like this, and it seems very calculated, you know? A lot of people know that you can shoot someone without doing it in the back of their head or straight in their face, and it's self-defense. If you shoot them in the shoulder, that usually immobilizes someone. But there's a lot of these cases where they go in blind rage, right? When you think about that, and you think about all these severities in the crime with guns and stuff like this in the USA, and you compare it to the knives here, one thing I think is literally unrelatable to us in the UK is that anyone really can buy a knife. Anyone can buy a knife mm -hmm. from uh, mostly, like I said, cooking. Uh, you can buy some really weird stuff, certain places like, like some kind of Lord of the Rings replica mm -hmm. yeah. sword, which yeah. can yeah. be quite dangerous. But uh, by and large, right, it's almost laughable to think, and I mean it sincerely, most people would have a fighting chance against a knife. Mm -hmm. But you have no chance whatsoever against an assault rifle as, well, you, can, as you can hear you, you, we just heard the sirens going past that was literally someone being stabbed in the street outside or the fbi have gotten onto us or, or we are being tracked in our yep. very secret extremely public place that we're in right now <laughs> but my point is like i feel like our press is trying to emulate america's glamorization with the gun crimes and all of this stuff we're trying to compete with our knife crime stories and they're just not the same <laughs> in any way so moving on, if you just kind of do the comparison, I feel like America's solution is you really need to flag kids. Get, kids shouldn't be having guns. There should be an age restriction anyway. It doesn't make a lot of sense, okay? I think it is over 18, isn't it? I think so, but I think there's a but lot I'm of cases where... Some, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cases. Or they have access. Their parents well, might say, have... Yeah, it doesn't stop you, you know, giving it to the kids, does it? Taking your dad or something, yeah. yeah. But there's, there's got to be some kind of vetting process. There's got to be something that's logical. Because, um, I mean... It varies by state to state, doesn't it? It does. And that's another thing. Mm. There's got to be unified yeah. federal laws rather than state by state. But the one thing that gets me is that most of these laws don't apply at gun shows. Mm. So you've got these travelling gun shows that go around the country, obviously yep. selling guns. Yep, yep. And they aren't subject to the same background checks as nope. your normal loophole. shops in the state. Yeah, it is. It's a loophole. It's mm. really it's sad. Well, some of them, especially in uh, This Is Fiction, but I'm going to say anyway, <laughs> in some of them where they actually give you the opportunity to test your guns to see how effective it is and the guy next to you that you don't like very much. And, you know, that's uh, you get away with that there. So, I mean, yeah, if you're an aspiring nutter, uh, you go to all of these Each. things. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Sorry, mate, the site's a bit dodgy on this one. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wasn't too happy with the action. It only killed him very, very severely, and I wanted it to be a bit more severe than very. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really stupid thing. Our press is very... I think our press is being very... Um, I think, what's the word I'm looking for? Sensationalist? No, not sensationalist. They're being um, extremely sort of, like, damaging to the people watching the news. And I'll say this. Uh, why? Because... If we didn't hear about all of these knife crimes and stuff like this and a lot of kids getting away with it pretty much with a slap on the wrist a lot of time, mm. it doesn't prevent you from doing it if you're a kid. It's impressionable. And I think the police uh, here are doing a, as best they can because mm. you can't really just do stop searches. Yeah. It's very, uh, you know, in, a, in today's highly PC environment, you can't go to, say, East End London no. and stop every kid who's of an mm. ethnic persuasion to every white kid in that area. Just you need a warrant, whatever. don't you? 
Not for a stop and search. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. As long as you've got... Because they, they actually changed it. You had to have serious persuasion, um, a really serious idea that they were carrying right. something illegal. Nowadays, you've just got to have a, a, an inkling, as it were. Mm. Um, so they've kind of lowered the threshold for it. Okay. Um, but you, you you can't just stop somebody for no yeah. absolute reason. And especially if you're trying not to be pigeonholing someone. Yeah. You know, like, you you fit the bill. You know, you're, like, yeah. <laughs> you're ethnic, yeah. you live in the East End. You're obviously... Yeah. Well, that's a stat show that, you know, black and ethnic minorities yeah. are five times more likely yeah. to be stopped from search. It's a weird thing because mm. that's another complete contrast to the USA. Mm. It's exactly the same, mm. you know. Uh, and you can almost say, well, yeah, it is true in a sense. Like, there's got to be truth to it, but it's become mm. a sense where you can also say it's a, a social prejudice. Yeah, of course. And it's a very, very negative social mm. prejudice. So it's kind of like, in my experience, I always love to say this in the USA, and I'm going to say this to all the um, African-American populace of the U- US, Latinos especially, by and large, they always love to say in the society of America that it's usually a Latino or, or black American um, are the ones killing each other. They love to say mm. that constantly. All the news broadcasters, CNN probably not, but Fox for sure. They're always saying how it is statistically black men killing black men, uh, Latinos killing Latinos. And the fact of the matter is if you watch any Netflix series about serial killers or anything like that, it's always white. Mm. Always yeah. white people. Yeah. Always. Yeah. You know? And that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, man. Like, the guy in Vegas was white. Yep. Yeah. Um, so was the uh, church shooter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can't think of his name off the top of my head. But also, so was, wasn't the, um, the theatre one? Yeah. The Batman Begins. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we, uh, we have our own crazy people. <laughs> and I'd just like to point out to you, I think this kind of social prejudice has to end. But there's also, in America, especially with the gun capping, stuff like this, there has to be a system where you can flag i mean it's got to we were in a digital age to say that there is no way that you can check and counter check that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that people are now glamorizing the dark web and saying like you can pick up your ak's off that and stuff like this well you can flag that too i'm I'm not being (laughs) you know there there are literally jobs for people in the fbi and places a national security agency in, in the nsa in america all of you guys know. And at the end of the day, you look at the UK and our gun crime is seriously low. It is. Even the terrorists our don't have Our gun crime guns. is seriously low because if we had a gun and we used it for a crime, you'd know it was us straight away yeah. because there's no guns. <laughs> so there's that. Well, you can, no, technically, you can still have yeah. a shotgun. Yeah, you can for hunting or yeah. rifles. Yeah. Yeah. So you I can mean, you, you can legally get guns in the UK. Yeah, you can uh, with licensing, mm-hmm. and they're very pathetic. They could take a human life if you're very determined. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these things are deer shot maximum. Yeah, yeah, which you have a high survival range. On and that. it's also a ridiculous amount of hoops to jump through. It is that it if is. you've got any problems, any criminal convictions, you're not. How no? Yeah, full background <laughs> checks. There's a mm-hmm. probation period. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you feel like they could apply in the USA. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, something similar. With a different purpose. But yeah, I mean, like one of my biggest uh, inspirations in life uh, is, uh, is a scholar, he's a scribe, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's a huge um, hunter. Mm-hmm. And he's made a lot of efforts to explain to people the gun laws and legislations that he knows about, especially in Texas and stuff where he's from. And it's very fascinating stuff. So there are obviously things happening out there, but it's, it's I think, the unity of the state-by-state state rules, yeah. laws, and everything else, especially in this modern age, have to adapt. 
-hmm. You know, we're very uh, awoke to the spectrum of, say, autism and things like this. The fact that society is more or less, you could argue, getting kinder, getting more intelligent about this stuff. Um, means that less people are being isolated for conditions like that. When you go back to the 90s, even before then, it was brutal. You of know? course, yeah. So I feel like things are getting kinder. But it is sad that you you think in your mind, we, we like America, have metal detectors going into our schools now. Not all over the place, but in certain, some, yeah. certain districts. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's almost incitement, you know. We've got to we've got to kind of realize the the rationality of this stuff. I know it's preventative measure, but you've mm-hmm. also got to just bear in mind, like if you did something simply like have a, a bag check or whatever, that would be sufficient. To have metal detectors is a little bit extreme. I think. What was it? Was it? I think it was an American school that have actually gone to see through bags. Mm-hmm. Um, they've actually, you know, gave them out to the kids see through backpacks. Well, they also had a theory on putting a federal agent into the school in every classroom to to monitor and Mm -hmm. that's backfired because one of the schools and and arming teachers that's what that's that's the thing the arming teachers thing yeah they that because some schools do have a policeman yeah like the school oh yeah yeah no it's a bit it's been a big thing in the u.s school security universities especially big big thing in Mm -hmm. unis but it's it's just to me it's like i think there's one case virginia tech was was a Mm -hmm. hugely negative thing that was a guy with autism as well you know and he was ostracized. He had loads of pressure, you know, social pressure, whatever. Yeah. Snapped one day and just went in mental and mowed down a bunch of kids and teachers or whatever. Now, when you take an example like that, you've got to think to yourself, is it a social thing where you allowed this kid to get so bullied for so long? Yeah. And you know, you knew he had issues. Even teachers knew. They always say after. Yeah, they always say after. The the accountability factor is almost like, yeah, we kind of thought this guy would snap one day, but we didn't do anything. Yeah, that's the thing. We've got to get accountable for our crimes. But they hardly ever go, yeah, it was a lovely chap. I spoke to him every day. He still owes me a tenner. Well, I think it's also difficult, dude, because there's a lot of, um, obviously, in a place where you have a lot of victims, it's hard to see any positive in the in the killer yeah you know it's very hard to see yeah yeah yeah. Be seen as, yeah yeah you're that guy you're that yeah. guy saying but he's human too man like he had rights yeah. just like we did yeah but he took 150 kids lives mm. yeah obviously there's going to be a lot of raw stuff in society but i think the accountability factor is if you can prevent this stuff by being a nurturing environment by being extra sensitive to people who need that sensitivity mm-hmm. or even more aware of backgrounds, mm. you know, be more sociable rather than just discrimination, essentially, then the accountability could stop this stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just a bit of proactivity helping the people that need it. It's exactly right. And that's, I feel like, what I'm trying to say is mm-hmm. instead of metal detectors, instead of this thing that says, right, this school is tarnished for having that reputation yeah. of being violent. Which does have an impact because you get then people who go into school taken after their siblings who are nutters, you know, and things like this. You, to clear that all away, you might want to just have an open book, you know, try and create a sort of situation where there's regular talks to the kids, see what their problems are, all of this sort of stuff. Compassion, no mental yeah. disease. Well, it's also accountability. <laughs> we have to be accountable. Yeah. And I think America's um, issues with a lot of stuff is still stuck in those heydays that we've faced in the UK, the 80s, 90s, plus machismo culture, the peer pressure culture. 
England's kind of losing that a bit now. I feel like we're more individual than we've ever really been. So society is based on more individual thoughts and our, our kind of nation's a bit more awoke to stuff. But yeah, knife crime is a stupid thing. The fact that it's a teenage demographic is good in a sense because it's not spontaneous. But I also feel we'll never have mass stabbings because it takes a lot more effort. Well, again, back to, you know, what's happened in London recently with the terrorism attacks. Yeah. Well, that's a good, someone did die that day, but basically mm-hmm. the case is the public could get involved and stop it. Well, yeah, there was the absolute legend that grabbed the first thing that he could. Yeah. Um, and it was a narwhal tusk. Yeah. yeah. And he fought yeah. him off with that. And he was Polish. He yeah. was a Polish lad as well. He'd, he'd just been released from prison as well, I believe. Oh, the, the guy, that guy, yeah. That guy, there was two cases. Yeah, there yeah. was a chef coming out of the restaurant that stopped him yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. He was Polish. And then the other lad who was just been convicted, his friend was the one that got killed. Mm. And he said his friend was the one who saved him from being on the dark side of stuff. Yeah. So it's a very interesting thing. But it's like I said, guns, and just putting this out there, we'll do another true crime thing. We've got more time, more specifically about an incident. But just to wrap this up now, guns to me is the cowardly answer. They are literally built for killing. Mm-hmm. The user is literally doing it for killing. So say it's a protective measure is almost like the most extreme. That's like saying, well, I got this injection with like cyanide, right? And that's my preventative <laughs> just measure. Just in case. Yeah, so if anyone attacks me or robs me, I'll just stuff this in their <laughs> knee and inject them with cyanide and I'll be all right, but they'll be dead, right? It's literally that. There's very, like, there's very few cases you fire a gun and you're not killing someone. Very few especially if you're not trained, because accidents happen. Mm-hmm. You know, One of the worst like stories I heard was um, a young mother who had a child in the car, mm-hmm. and the, there was a gun in the, um, the glove mm-hmm. compartment, yep. and she left the car for whatever reason, and the kid was messing around with it and basically killed itself. Yeah, well, that's exactly. That's happened a lot. Yeah. You've had terrifying. kids shooting their dads with yeah. guns in Texas a lot, you know? There was a police officer. Well, there was that little girl who was like eight years old and shot her shooting mm-hmm. instructor. And this is the oh thing. Like, obviously, there is age restrictions for that reason. <laughs> yeah. But it's a terrifying thing because obviously human beings are very wild and variant. There are some that are smart and there's some that are really not. Mm. There are some that understand a gun and a kid, not a good combination. Some that don't. Same like alcohol in children. Well, you shouldn't combine those two things either. It does make you realise why their uh, drinking age is 21, doesn't well, it? Well, it does, yeah. <laughs> well, Because if you're driving and shooting at 15, well, you need a few thing, years man. to get used to it. Well, it is the funniest thing. Yeah, exactly. You're driving at 15, but you're drinking <laughs> at 21. It's a very strange culture. <laughs> but just to be fair to America, you know, listening, I think most Americans would agree with our points. I think a lot of people say accountability is probably a preventative measure there should be a federal watch mm-hmm. over guns i think to take constitution away once you've had it for as long as you've been a, a around so to speak is a difficult thing to ask there's a lot of people in new york la california as a whole even state a lot of people would agree we don't need guns anymore but there are specific cases that i think you still do but again if they had more stringent laws like we do if it if i think stone cold's point as well to deal with this if people had to go through the hunting regulations of owning weapons mm. for themselves it would be a smarter system rather than i just go to walmart pick up this thing no one asks a question i'm not mental i'll pass the test by because i can spell my name properly and there i go i've got this hand cannon and off i go you know it's it's that thing for the uk though I think that we have to rationalize our crimes and the levels of extreme mm. extremity that they are. 
I think that we also have to get the press to kind of report this without making sensationalist statements like, this has been the highest crime rate of knife crime we've ever had since the history began, which they've printed this this headline. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, that's like, really? Because we have the Vikings here. You want to talk to them about... <laughs> You want to talk to them about that we sort of stuff? We haven't got data from those I think, I think it's since records began, <laughs> yes, rather since records since history began. began. Well, there was records in the Vikings. Very good metal back then, and there were good records. John Torgensen stabbed 37 yeah, people right. today. Um, Olaf uh, murdered half a, half a dozen people just for a laugh. Uh, that was morning exercise. Anyway, so... Sentenced to have a run around the lake. Yeah. What's really interesting, though, talking of Vikings, and this is my closing <laughs> statement, really, moving to Sweden and the Scandinavian places, how unviolent have they become? Mm -hmm. And on a positive note, all you need is time, folks, and then all of this violence works it out until you start building your own furniture and then it all comes back in a big flash. Well, Netherlands is the same, so maybe it's smoking copious amounts of cannabis. Well, we can ask anyone in California. Mm -hmm. So if you're in California right now, do you think that smoking cannabis legally, and it's also mm -hmm. very good cannabis, and it's been very much uh, chemically <laughs> proven to be a lot better than the street stuff that you used to get, you can comment right now. You won't, but you can. You can tweet us. You can, and you, you can won't. tell us if you think that cannabis is a very good measure, legal cannabis, legalized, medicinal quality cannabis. Mm -hmm. I have to say all this stuff because you can still get some pretty wacky yeah. stuff. Okay. Um, do you think it helps prevent crime? Mm. Case in point, answer now on Twitter, and we'll take notes. But mm -hmm. what I wanted to say, just as a positive for the people listening, we've been very inclusive of the UK and the USA comparing the two biggest sort of uh, true crime stories of our time right now. There's a lot of things we could have talked about, burglaries and stuff like this. Um, but basically, wanted to say that um, we're a smaller country. Our crime is less glamorized, but it is a rising problem here. So you've got to take it seriously. We have more survival rates because we're not shooting people in the face. There's that. But I'd like to say, I think the remedy is look at what's happened in Scandinavia because they were Vikings once, and now they're <laughs> kind of the most passive people, safest countries on earth, arguably. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I think it's because they give us IKEA furniture, and we're all nuts because we can't figure it out. That could yeah. be the cause of all of this. It's when you get right to the end and you're missing that one That piece. one component. Or yeah. you've put it in the wrong place, yeah. and it looks so similar to that other thing. Yeah. Or I did see on the flip side on Reddit, somebody had the idea that instead of actually buying IKEA furniture... Just constantly email their department saying you're missing one piece yep, yep. and just get them to ship it to you piece yep. by piece. Really? Until you've got a full table. Well, I think the do they thing, do that? I don't know. Well, there's another thing. I'm sure they might figure it out after the fourth There's time. another thing that is actually a controversy in the USA about it, and this is really the, the final, final thing. Um, <laughs> about flat pack furniture. About, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About loads of people dying. Because they've assembled these things, then they're falling on them or something like this. Oh, falling furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or kids' cribs, oh, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, some yeah. really That's brutal stuff. Statistic, but what yeah. I'd like to turn around and say, okay, in my personal experience with IKEA, is it's very, very easy. So when people do get messed up and not understanding it, it's because they're not a Virgo temperament. Uh, they want to do it as fast as they can. But I do it like a professional serial killer would. I plan it all out. I make my room the assembly zone, not the kill zone, but the assembly zone. <laughs> I put all my tools out nicely. I have some creepy music playing. So you are I literally have... the guy in the instruction manual. Yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it goes so far to say, in a nutshell, that you have to be of a serial killer persuasion to assemble IKEA furniture. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. 
That's yeah, also yeah. a really good promotion for IKEA right there. <laughs> so yeah, my ex put up the last load of shelves we had. So uh, how long did they last? Forever. I think they're still going. Oh, yeah. there you go. So, so she's going to murder so me. She's at one a, point. Yeah, she's pretty much a serial yeah. killer. That's actually a really good thing for the FBI to profile people. Can you literally build this cabinet? And then they time you, and if you're really good at it, you're a serial. Rather than a lineup, you get, you give them like yeah. a packet. Yeah, yeah. He's obviously guilty because he actually made that. That's a well, it's also it's also the same thing for an IKEA job interview. You walk in, they go take a seat, and it's just there in the box. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. So anyway, yeah. Uh, so if you're listening in uh, in Sweden, where IKEA is uh, is from, thanks a lot. You've made a lot of serial killers happen mm-hmm. around the world, mostly in America. I've got to be honest. Uh, we're a lot more savvy to building stuff in this country. We kind of did that for many years. Not an insult, just a fact. <laughs> so, but luckily the Volvos are better put together. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to assemble them yourself. No. Could you imagine that? Well, you can get, you can get flat, kit cars, can't you? I'll tell you what, flat pack cars. That a, friend, be, a friend of mine made a, a kit thing. car. Yeah, yeah. And it's absolutely fantastic. Well, that's a whole conversation for a different day. Yeah. A kit car, for anyone listening in America right now, if you still are, and we haven't insulted you too yeah. much, um, is basically a really crap version of a very famous branded car that you make as your own self-modeling kit. They're no way near as powerful, have a lot less powerful engines, but they look almost identical. Well, you can put whatever engine you want in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can't put, like, say, uh, the Ferrari. If it fits. Yeah, if yeah. it fits, yeah, The obviously. Ferrari uh, kit car model, because they had a show, mm. and the Testarossa was there, which is my all-time favorite car, and this is a super cool tangent to end on. <laughs> that had, like, a lawnmower engine or something. Mm. And the, the, you can only get as high as a certain CC. You can't put a Ferrari engine. It'll just well, my mate took one out of, um, I think it was a Fiesta he took it out yeah. of. But because the car was half the size of a Fiesta... Then obviously it's extremely powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, that's another point. Mm-hmm. It's made out of uh, really cheap and pliable equi- uh, uh, framing and stuff. It's not. What well, like, where you get it from? Yeah, it's not a fat. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but it's never going to be factory equivalent. Is the point? It's always going to be a sort of model version. Of but you what do you have want. to get them um, tested to make sure they are road legal. Yeah, DVLA just have to yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. test it. Yeah, but it's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a culture we have that I don't think anyone else really has that culture. No. Because I know Japan's it's equivalent. It's because of the weather. Yeah. Japan's equivalent would be to just pimp your car out and make mm-hmm. it a super fast <laughs> uh, drift car or yeah. something uh, with neons and But we're the whistle. only ones that are happy to spend so much time in a shed. Yeah. Because like, it's I, tipping I, it down outside. I mean, a lot of Americans will hear what I said and be very insulted by the fact that we can build stuff and they can't. But the no, fact of the matter have, is... They have flat pack houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, in their yeah. defense, there's a lot of technical stuff coming from America. But just to finish my point... It was a case of saying, well, the UK has engineered most of their films. Star Wars was mm-hmm. built by us in Pinewood, mm-hmm. pretty much. Well, I'm, I'm quite happy to say that part of Donald Trump's wall has already been blown over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was an Ikea part, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't have the right screws. And on that yeah. bombshell, <laughs> as they said on Top Gear, Jeremy Clarkson, uh, we'll be back same place, same time next week. Hopefully with Pete. Hopefully we can drag him from his life. <laughs> you never know. And we don't know where we'll be, but we are at the Bristol Pair. So if you're ever in Birmingham, go to Celio, check out the Bristol Pair. You'll mm-hmm. be where we are right now. And but you'll probably see us in here. Doing this, yeah. Or you're just about to see Beat Poem and we've, mm-hmm. we've taken the stage. They've got so a good menu. They have mm-hmm. got a great menu. I just menu. had a pizza burger. Yeah. Don't even ask what that is. <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, goodbye from me, goodbye from everyone here, and we'll be back same time, same place next week over to win for the raffle. 
Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is projectfia.rebelrated.